Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, we are here, folks. We're back yet again. Although I guess once more, we couldn't bother to do this podcast on yet another weekend. Screwed around on Saturday and Sunday. So you're getting a special edition, a President's Day edition of the Miller Frost podcast. Of course, I am your host, Miller Frost. Joined, as always, by my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks out there are having yourselves a grand gay old time this three-day holiday weekend. I know you woke folk out there. Damn, what a struggle. You are still having a grand gay old time celebrating Woke Black History Month, even if it's the shortest month of the year. And I know you queens out there, especially you queens in the muscle, you are also having yourselves a grand gay old time watching Reacher on Amazon Prime. Not that we're judging that here on the Miller Frost podcast. That was our show we binged watch this weekend. And I have to say, it was a pretty good show overall. About eight episodes and the, uh, the cast they put together not just, I think his name is Alan Richson. Not just him, but the cast they put together. They played well off each other. Just the right amount of comedy between all the violence, all the action there. But I tell you what, I don't want to hear another word about how they sexualize women in movies and TV shows. Every chance they got to have Alan take his shirt off, flex those muscles around. They did, and then some. That guy is built like a freaking tank. I look at that, and I'm like, I don't even want to think about what that takes. The amount of time that takes in a gym to get that big and to keep all that muscle. I was exhausted just thinking about it. But if you haven't seen it and you're into that genre, I would say check it out if you get the chance. And again, I know you queens out there. If you haven't already, you're definitely going to do that. So let's just go ahead and jump into things. I was just kidding about a special President's Day podcast. We have the usual stuff here. It's just coming out on President's Day, which I hope is not too triggering to all you woke folk out there. Down for the struggle, having a holiday, which for the most part celebrates dead white guys. And yes, 
I know Barack is in there as well. But generally speaking, it's a bunch of dead white guys and Donald Trump now these days, right in the middle of woke Black History Month. But anyway, our first story, folks, is from The Advocate. Those girls over at The Advocate, Gallup, one in five Gen Z adults identifies as LGBTQ+. First one out of the gate, white boy Malcolm X. And I already feel like I'm beating a dead horse. And no, all you millennial Gen Z kids out there, I do not mean that in a literal sense. I am not literally beating a dead horse. And it's kind of sad I even have to say that. But we know how humorless some of these kids, these woke kids, in these younger generations are. But anyway, according to a new poll released by Gallup, the number of U.S. adults who identify as members of the tribe are lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe increased to 7.1%. That's 1.5% higher than last year and double what Gallup reported in 2012. And while the percentages for baby boomers, Gen Xers like white boy Malcolm X and I, why that remained the same, for our younger cohorts out there, that was not so much the case. Millennials, they're coming out a little more each year. Back in 2012, 5.8% of millennials identified as members of the tribe. That increased to 7.8 in 2017 and is up to 10.5% as of last year, 2021. And, just like the headline said, one in five, 20% of Gen Z adults identifies as LGBTQ+. Gallup also broke all that down, wanted to find out how many people were L or G or T or B, what have you. And what they found was that the vast majority of people identifying as members of the tribe were bisexual. About 60% identified as such. 21% identified as gay 14% as lesbian, 10% as trans, and 4% as something else, which I assume are the Q or the plus. Now, does anyone out there really believe that 20% of these Gen Z brats are actually LGBTQ+. Now, I'm sure some of you do, but the correct answer, folks, is no. And this is more the same crap. Insecure lemmings who have to mimic what everyone else is doing. So if the edgy and cool thing to do is to come out as some sort of queer, they're going to do it too. Everybody has to feel super special and unique with their super special pain in the ass gender identity. Their super special pain in the ass sexual orientation, their super special, pain-in-the-ass pronouns, anything they can do 
to prop up their self-esteem, make themselves feel super special and unique, but again, doing exactly what everyone else is doing. And this bisexual crap, who the hell do they think they're kidding? Bisexual women, you're either going through a man-hating phase, and ladies, as a big old queen, I do not blame you for that. Trust me. Not that I would ever go straight. But it's either that, or you're dating some creeper who gets off when two women make out, and you're just going along to make him happy. Bisexual men, either you're really straight, but you'll let a gay guy give you a blowjob when your girlfriend's not around. Either that, or you're really gay, and you're just easing into it for whatever reason. Like what I think Ronan Rubinstein is doing when he allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, goes out and gets banged by half of L.A. So you temporary members of the tribe, enjoy your time here until you either grow up and grow out of it, learn not to be so insecure with your place in the world, that or get bored with it, and go try something else to feel super special and unique. But in the meantime, you have fun with that. From Pink News, those girls over at Pink News. As a queer disabled person, I don't see myself in LGBT plus history. That has to change. The history book should be full of LGBT plus disabled people. But as Shona Louise explains, ableism and accessibility issues have and are erasing them. This might be a really dumb question, White Boy Malcolm X. But how many disabled members of the tribe are there? And that's rhetorical, sir. So just sit there and look pretty. From this article, folks, I would think that a gay pride parade, that should resemble the Paralympic Games opening ceremony. But apparently, there is a vast ableist conspiracy going on out there. Kind of like Hillary Clinton's vast right-wing conspiracy but with people who can use all their limbs, out to get the LGBTQ plus disabled people and erase them. Erase them. And I'm sure right about now, folks, there's a transgender out there going, what the what? They're stealing our language. And now I'm also wondering, how many of my history teachers growing up Lie to me about history. If history books are supposed to be full of LGBT plus disabled people, at least according to Shona Luis, I now kind of want to know what I missed out on. Did Christopher Columbus, for example, really discover America? Or did some disabled member of the tribe beat him to it only to be erased? How many gay disabled signers of the Declaration of Independence have been erased? The gay media, they love to brag about how Pete Buttigieg, pocket queen Pete, that queen was the first Senate-confirmed member of the tribe to be in the president's cabinet. But is that really true? 
Maybe FDR, now he was also disabled. Maybe he had some disabled queen in his cabinet that we have never heard about because, yet again, they've been erased. And I thought queens were overly dramatic. But this one, Shona Louise and her conspiracy theory about ableism and erasing handicapped members of the tribe, Jesus Christmas with a drama. And we've talked about this a couple of times now, where if you have, for example, in the movies, you've got a character who's a half-black, half-Native American dwarf in a wheelchair who identifies as polyamorous bisexual, and they've got Zizirza pronouns, you better damn well have, as an actor playing that part, a half-black, half-Native American dwarf who actually needs a wheelchair and who actually identifies as polyamorous bisexual with super special pain-in-the-ass Zizirza pronouns. And so now, I guess, our history books already polluted with woke orthodoxy and other leftist drivel. Now they need to be updated quite a bit, apparently, to add in all the LGBT plus disabled people that have been allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, erased from history because of ableism and accessibility issues. And I just got to ask this. How do all you good, woke leftist members of the tribe feel right about now? Now that you stand accused of being bigoted ableists out to erase disabled people from history. How does that make you feel now? And Shona here, in this article, just to give you an example of some of the kvetching she was doing, she started complaining about LGBT plus spaces not being accessible for some folks, specifically called out loud clubs and bars, how those places shut out autistic people and those living with conditions like ADHD and sensory conditions. So she's singling out all you party queens out there, and you know who you are, for being extra special bigots. So I guess the only thing we can do here, especially if we're into equity, which again, folks, is about making everyone equally miserable, we should shut down all the gay bars. If Shona can't get into a bar, then none of you queens should be able to either. I just, I cannot imagine going through life crying and complaining because I don't see myself represented, I don't know, in the history books, in the news, in, in movies or television, what have you, throwing a leftist hissy fit because I'm not adequately represented. So we should change everything so I can see some middle-aged, gay obese queen who looks just like me so I can feel better about myself. But this is the kind of absurdity you get with the leftist woke folk out there who can only feel validated as human beings if they can see some sort of, some version of themselves out there in public. 
It's kind of like how we got Barack Obama as president. We had to have a black guy as president. I don't know why we couldn't find one, at least one that was qualified, but we had to have a black guy sitting in the White House to make a whole lot of people feel better about themselves and not just to assuage white liberal guilt or so they can virtue signal to other white people. But all these BIPOC folk had to have a black guy in the White House. And what do we get? Mr. Hope and Change, Mr. Change and Hope, supposedly down for the struggle. But at the end of the day, another fraud, another crappy politician gets out of office, enriches himself in the process. And the same damn thing will happen because we've got to have someone in the White House with a hoo-hoo. We've got to have a woman. And why? So all the women out there can feel better about themselves. And ladies, if Hillary Clinton, if that's what you look up to as a role model, that corrupt congenital liar, if that is the, if that's what you need in the White House to make yourself feel better, dear God, we're more screwed than I thought. I sure as hell don't need a gay guy in the White House to make myself feel better about being gay. Now, if someone comes along who happens to be gay, then I think would also make a good president. Sure, I'll vote for him. But if it comes down to a heterosexual man and pocket queen Pete, that feckless clown who couldn't fill a pothole on his best day and who's completely screwing up our national transportation sector, if it came down to that, I would definitely vote for the straight guy over that queen. And I definitely would not want to see Justin Buttigieg, that low rank queen from Indiana, as first lady. God help us twice over if that happened. This next story, folks, is for all you virgin pajama boys living in your parents' basement, on up that sex doll in the corner, playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations, masturbating to Marvel films, masturbating to DC Comics, masturbating to whatever the hell they're posting on Reddit this week, freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. This story from Variety is for you. Star Trek cast, including Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, returning for fourth film. So, hipster Star Trek, that is back. J.J. Abrams, he is not quite done wrecking the Star Trek franchise after all. And it looks like they are going to be bringing back pretty much everyone from those series. Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, That Queen, Zoe Saldana, Carl Urban, John Cho, and Simon Pegg. And they have not done a uh, a Star Trek movie since 2016's Star Trek Beyond, which apparently lost them a good amount of money. But six years later, they want to double down, try that again, see if they can make some more money. And what I found interesting in this article was that Paramount, in looking to do another movie, 
they decided to do some market research to determine audience interest in the cast and bringing back all those actors from the hipster Star Trek era. And what they found in that market research was that there was lasting audience enthusiasm for those actors in those roles, enough so that Paramount, even if the last film cost them money, they're going to move forward with bringing them back. And I can see, folks, those clowns over at Paramount and looking to do another hipster Star Trek, them doing market research to get that, uh, to get the answer they wanted to greenlight that film. They probably drove down to West Hollywood and did their polling there. Just walking around, probably got a, probably got themselves a queen with a clipboard to do that market research for them. Queen be like, hello there, I'm doing some market research for Paramount. They're looking to do some more Star Trek movies. Would you like to see Chris Pine in another Star Trek movie? And whoever they're asking probably be like, yes, of course. Will he be shirtless? Queen be like, oh, of course. We're definitely going to have Chris Pine shirtless in this film. Would that make you want to go see that movie? Hell yes, I'd, I'd love to see Chris Pine shirtless. And so that's how I think they got the market research they needed to greenlight that project. Ask a bunch of queens down there in West Hollywood, right down the street from the studio, if they want to see all those folks back for another adventure. So all you folks into the nostalgia of Star Trek, even if it's hipster Star Trek, kind of an embarrassing joke, on the legacy of the franchise. Get ready for more of that crap. That J.J. Abrams crap. And you have fun with that. So for our next couple of stories, folks. I just got a couple of headlines. Just random thoughts. Couple of one-liners for each. And our first one is from Yahoo. SPAC mergers are falling apart at a rapid pace. And that made me think of our favorite, well, one of our favorite woke folk here on the Miller Frost podcast, woke Colin Kaepernick. Colin, who was always kind of a marginal football player, but he's a really good woke folk out there, down for the struggle. Colin, he got himself involved in a SPAC. He wanted to get himself a a woke SPAC buy another company, and turn that woke as well. And in the process, just like any good woke folk out there, get really, really, really rich in the process. The woke folk, first and foremost, they love those Benjamins. They love those Benjamins, and they love that real estate. But if the SPAC mergers are falling apart, if this Flash in the pan, way to get rich. A get-rich-quick scheme, if there ever was one. If they're falling apart, poor Colin Kaepernick. Most likely, folks, he's not going to get rich. Well, at least off of this. Colin, if you're out there, I hear that basically nobody is running BLM and they've got about $60 million in the bank. Plenty of Benjamins for you, sir. Just a thought. Toss your hat in the ring there. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Bounding into Comics, Godzilla actor Brian Cranston claims he has white blindness, says he needs to learn and change. So Brian Cranston, Walter White, America's favorite meth dealer, he's back again. And I think, White Boy Malcolm X, we talked about Walter White here. It had to have been over a year ago where Walter... He was crying and complaining about being white. He was suffering from white privilege, white supremacy, white fragility, white this, white that, blah, 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 blah. And he was whipping himself basically for being evil and white. And yes, folks, I know that's being redundant. Of course, at the time, I said what I usually say when white people, leftist white people out there, publicly cry and complain about being white. He's doing it for two reasons. Number one, to assuage his white guilt. Number two, to virtue signal to other white people. But Brian, over a year later, he's still crying and kvetching about being, well, in this case, being white blind. You would think, folks, a guy who has been crying and complaining in public about being white, would have done something about that by now. But not Brian, not Walter White here. He's like the freaking groundhog. Pops his head up once a year. If he sees his shadow, he calls himself a racist. Brian, Walter, if you're out there listening to this podcast, for Christmas sake, you don't have to keep doing this, crying and kvetching about being white, about your whiteness. Just do something about it already and shut your pie hole. It's like a fat person, white boy Malcolm X. Oh, I should go on a diet. You know, as they're stuffing their face with pie and ice cream. It's like, lay off the pie and ice cream, you'll lose the weight. But they keep stuffing themselves with pie and ice cream. This clown, oh, I'm a racist. Oh, I'm horrible. I'm white. I'm a white evil pig. Doesn't do anything about it except cry and complain to virtue signal and assuage his white guilt. He must have a lot of guilt about being white, about being evil whitey, coming out like he does, throwing himself under the bus for his skin tone. From The Guardian, historically tragic. Why are drug overdoses 
rising among black and indigenous Americans. The staggering increase highlights the shifting dynamics and focus of the opioid crisis, long considered a white rural issue. Now for years, folks, whitey out there in flyover country in places like Ohio, Pennsylvania, we've got a lot of it up in New Hampshire, Kansas, Idaho, places like that, where white people in what they call deaths of despair, they've been overdosing on these sorts of drugs, these opioids, for quite some time now. And the mainstream media, meh, who gives a crap? It's whitey. Now, though, now that the opioids are affecting black people, indigenous people, now to the leftist media, now it's something to clutch the pearls over, get the vapors over. Now opioids are evil. When Whitey dies of an overdose using these drugs, nobody really cares. BIPOC, when BIPOC does it, uh-oh, we've got ourselves a problem. And of course, folks, the answer, that's easy, racism. From Fox News, Catholic priests incorrectly performed thousands of baptisms by changing word, making them invalid. So apparently, folks, over there at the Diocese of Phoenix, there used to be a priest, Father Andreas Arango. He performed a lot of baptisms, but apparently he used the wrong word. So all the baptisms that he performed up until June 17th of last year, they are presumed to be invalid. Father Andreas, he used the words, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The correct phrase is, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So he used, we baptize, He was supposed to have used, I baptized. Poor Father Andreas, he resigned from St. Gregory Catholic Church there in Phoenix because of this screw-up. Thomas Olmsted, that's the bishop there for the Diocese of Phoenix, he issued a statement on this kind of minor screw-up between using I and we, and this is what he said. The issue with using we is that it is not the community that baptizes a person. Rather, it is Christ and him alone who presides at all the sacraments, and so it is Christ Jesus who baptizes. Of all the issues facing the Catholic Church at this time, this is the hill they want to die on. And as a random thought, I wonder if the Diocese of Phoenix if they charge for baptisms, if they're going to make all these people, and apparently they are, make all these people go through this again, how many Benjamins are they going to collect doing it? And they tell you, folks, there on the Diocese of Phoenix website, baptism is a requirement for salvation. So in other words, you better do it again or you're going to hell. And I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record, 
But now I feel bad for God again. Yes, white boy Malcolm X. I feel bad for God again. He, she, they, zeer. Again, folks, we do not know God's pronouns. But God is probably looking down there at the Diocese of Phoenix and thinking, what the blankety blank, blank, blank is going on down there now? And I can see God complaining, folks, thinking, you know, it's bad enough I've got to deal with this ongoing open season on trying to bang altar boys there in the Catholic Church. It's bad enough I've got the Vicar of Christ. That is the Pope for all you non-Catholics out there. But it's bad enough I've got him trying to run around out eco-warrior Greta Thunberg and out socialist AOC. I've got that clown down there doing that. It's bad enough I still got to argue with Satan over who is going to get that queen, ex-queen, Milo Yiannopoulos, when Milo assumes room temperature. It's bad enough I got to deal with a massive overhaul and expansion of purgatory to keep out of heaven all the millennial Gen Z kids out there with super special pain in the ass pronouns because Satan's not going to take them either. And now I've got to deal with this. So God, folks, having just gotten back from the Satanic Temple in Moline, Illinois, now has to go to the Diocese of Phoenix to straighten those clowns out. And I can see, folks, God going down there to talk to Bishop Olmstead about this baptism thing. God be like, Bishop, what is going on here? Oh, hello, Lord. I can just see, folks, that's how the bishop sounds. Oh, hello, Lord. We had a terrible issue with baptisms. Father Andreas Arango said we baptize you and not I baptize you. And? Well, Lord, when you say we, that means the community. But it's supposed to be I because it's Christ alone who presides at all the sacraments. God would probably just roll his eyes, folks. Well, I just spoke to Christ and he says, He doesn't give a crap. But folks, I don't think God would just say crap. Oh, my heavens. Cut this crap out, Bishop, or your ass is going to spend some time in purgatory. And that's where all the millennial Gen Z kids out there with super special pain in the ass pronouns, that's where they're going. You want to spend a couple of millennia memorizing pronouns? Oh, heavens, no. Then cut this crap out or I'll put you there myself. So there you go, folks. God, yet again, having to clean up someone else's mess. From page six, Tom Hanks' son, Chet. I didn't have a strong male role model growing up. So last week, Tom Hanks' son, Chet. He went on to his YouTube channel, crying and complaining, about the disrespect he endured from his peers for his wealth, fame, and being perceived as arrogant, entitled, and spoiled. And this is what Chet had to say. I didn't have a strong male role model to tell me, bro, 
F these people. Like anyone could see Tom Hanks saying, bro, F these people to anyone. But picking back up, bro, F these people. They are just jealous of you. You have all these things they want. So they are trying to effing throw their shade at you so you can feel, well, I'll just say crappy, about yourself because they are jealous. I needed to hear that. I didn't have anyone to tell me that. This is me now telling the younger version of myself what I needed to hear then. This reminds me of a line from South Park. And it came, I actually looked it up, folks. It was from episode 202. Cartman's mom, still a dirty slut. But in that line, the mayor, she said, nobody gives a, again, I'll just say crap. Nobody gives a crap about Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts being the brother of Julia Roberts, the one-time very famous actress. It's kind of what I think about Chet. Nobody gives a crap about Chet Hanks. Who is this 31-year-old loser? He's apparently a rapper. So yet another dopey white kid who tries to act all gangsta. Poor princess here got dissed because of his wealth and fame. I hate to break it to you, Chet, but you had neither. That was mommy and daddy's fame and money. You were just a young douchebag sucking off his parents. And now you're an adult douchebag crying your white women's tears. Oh, boo! Oh, boo! I've been disrespected! Boo! And sprinting towards middle age with practically nothing to show for it. Can you imagine being Tom Hanks, folks? He's probably thinking, what the blankety blank, blank, blank went wrong with this one? What did I do to deserve this stain on my legacy? Easy answer, Tom. Two words. Bosom buddies, you stole, you stole a role meant for a drag queen or a transgender. That in Philadelphia, where you played gay for pay, stole a role meant for a queen. And I told you folks on the last podcast, never screw with the gay mafia. We'll get you time. We'll make sure you have a loser dub of a son. That brings you endless shame until your end of days. Ha 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 That's what I suspected happened anyway, folks. Those queens pissed off at Tom for stealing roles meant for the tribe, made sure at least one of his kids wound up being a loser dope like Chet to bring him shame till his end of days. So Chet, I am going to provide you, son, with a strong male role model that you need, you desperately need, and I'll do that even if I'm a big old queen. Grow up and stop acting like a spoiled little bitch. There, and you're welcome. And for our last story, folks, it's from Queerty. Those girls over at Queerty, Goose can't worthy makes Olympic debut for UK, and this is what happened. And frankly, folks, I have no idea what happened. I guess he made the finals a couple days ago, had the competition, I think, on on Saturday. 
but I couldn't care less. I haven't been watching any of the Olympics. And so I don't know how we did when, uh, when he raced again, I think on Saturday, but maybe he won either way. We're not going to say anything about that. You don't happen to know white boy, Malcolm X. Do you know if Gus pulled it out, won himself a medal? No idea either. And I guess neither of us are going to look it up. But anyway, Goose, he has been skiing for the U.S. the last couple of Olympics. But this time around, he went over and skied for for the U.K., for Great Britain. And he announced that, that he was going to ski for Team Great Britain. He did that back in 2019. Again, after he competed for the U.S. in 2014 and 2018. He was born over there in Chelmsford, England, and he came over to the U.S., moved to Colorado, which is where our friend, who knows his family, is from. But he did that when he was three. And his mother, I guess, is British, and he has, he holds dual citizenship. He's got himself a British passport. Now, when Goose did that, made the switch, he said he was going to do it to honor his mom. Although recently, at least according to this article in Queerty, from those girls over at Queerty, in an interview with GQ, he also said, in addition to it being for his mom, that he knew there would be less competition for Olympic places on the Great Britain skiing squad. So in other words, it was easier to qualify. That lazy queen just wanted to ease into a spot to go to the Olympics. But then, folks, Goose, he also said that he was still upset over something that happened in 2014 when he was selected to be on the U.S. team originally for slope style and half pipe, whatever the hell those are. But right before the games, the coach, he took the half pipe away from Goose Cantworthy and gave it to another skier, Torn Yader Wallace. And yes, folks, Yader Wallace is hyphenated. And this is what Gus had to say about that. I didn't realize that they could just do that but that was something that I have kind of never got over. So that really upset me, and I like Torn. He's a friend. It was also difficult because I wanted him to go to the games too, and I was happy for him, but it was really sad for me. Oh, poor princess. And I looked up, folks, as a random aside. I looked up Torn, Torn Yader Wallace. Because remember, folks, Anyone with a hyphenated last name, screwed in the head. So I wanted to see what we were dealing with here. And Torin, Gator Wallace, that kid looks like he's 12. Some little Twinkie thing that they gave Goose his spot to on the half pipe. But anyway, I read this article, folks. And um, white boy Malcolm X and you folks out there, I just want to kind of walk through this timeline. And no, sir, we are not going to do a reenactment. 
the last thing I want to do is any sort of reenactment with Goose Cantworthy. But I do kind of want to walk through this timeline, make sure I've got it all down, I've got this story down, because it was a little in the article, maybe possibly a little confusing. Probably because those girls over at Queerty, they're journalists like Megan McCain is a journalist over there at Fox News. So in 2014, for the Winter Olympics, Goose, he is selected for the slope style and half pipe. But the coach, he yanks the half pipe from him, gives it to that little Twinkie, Torin Yader Wallace. And so Goose goes to the Olympics just for the slope style, and he earns himself a silver medal. So far, so good. In 2015, Goose, he comes out as a big old queen. And then three years later, he's back at it. He participates in the Winter Olympics again for the U.S. And in those Olympics, I don't think he earned any medals. At least none were listed in this article. So then four years after that, in 2022, this year, Goose switches to Great Britain. First, he says it's to honor his mom. Then he says, well, there's less competition for Olympic places over there on the UK skiing squad. Kind of like less competition for a dental appointment over there in Great Britain. But then, but then he comes out in, well, either late 2021 or this year in 2022 and says, well, way back in 2014, they took away the half pipe and I was really sad and never got over it. So it's not about honoring his mom or even because it was easier to make the British skiing team. He's just butthurt over the half pipe being handed to some other kid, some Twinkie kid with a hyphenated last name eight years ago. Now that's a queen taking his toys and going home because eight years ago, the coach did something he didn't like. You know, Goose, I always knew you were a bit of a clown, but son, You need to keep your mouth closed and quit proving me right time after time after time. Wait until, white boy Malcolm X, wait until Colton Underwood, that new gaby, that goose, is mentoring, guiding, escorting, pimping out, trying to help find him a sugar daddy. Wait until Colton does something to piss him off. So eight years later, Goose can have another man-child fit, take his toys, and go home again. So on that note, since I cannot top this silly queen rage-quitting the U.S. Olympic team, even if over a slight that happened eight years ago that he can't let go of, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen for joining us on this holiday weekend edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, 
Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes all sorts of versatile any-weather staples, hoodies, jackets, and more. Whether you're buying a gift or stocking your closet, you'll find just what you need. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code ANYSTYLE24 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code ANYSTYLE24.